all of you people know before Jesus, if you wanted to go out carousing and dancing all the time, who doesn't like a wedding? Well, we ought to be celebrating the wedding feast every day, practicing up for it. Because Jesus is coming back. How many knows that? Listen, we've got children's ministry somewhere going on right there. Uh, hopefully Ebenezer and uh, Ebeniah are next door waiting for you. Praise the Lord. Uh, we're excited. I, I can't tell you how excited I am to have, uh, I call her Mama Betty, but Pastor Betty uh, Green with us uh, this time. And listen, guys, we have some exciting news. She's coming back in July, and we're going to do a prayer and fasting retreat. So come on. I'm going to be working on all of you to sign up for that. We'll start with a Friday night, go through uh, Saturday, and then get in here and have her preach a big sermon on that Sunday morning. Amen? Amen? Listen, she's been telling me, she's doing, how many how many prayer and fasting retreats are you doing this year? Like five, six uh, this year, prayer and fasting retreats? She's doing at least three or four down in the church uh, that she's uh, ministering in right now. Yeah, yeah. And then she's been doing them other places, too, as she travels. So we're going to have one up here in July. So stand by for the dates, uh, probably around the middle of July somewhere. So you'll be ready for a good fasting and prayer retreat right after you've eaten all that good American food on the 4th of July and you've been on vacations. You're going to be thanking us for it. But she said that men, men's lives, men, men come to the prayer and fasting retreat. She said men's lives have been changed. She said marriages have been changed. One woman came in weeping saying, Pastor Betty, thank you. You gave my husband back to me. You know, he was so changed and their lives and everything. So I encourage you to start thinking on that right now. Um, Praise the Lord. He's risen. Everybody say, he's risen. He is risen. Now, I got a question for you. Is that fake news or good news? We have all been hearing about fake news, right? Everybody hearing about fake news? Well, we're going to talk about that today so you can go out and be relevant to your friends and say that uh, at church today we were talking about fake news and the good news, the good news that Jesus is alive. A lot of our texts will be coming from the book of Mark. We're going to be talking about the Word of God. Betty loves the Word of God. This is the Word, and when she went to heaven and talked to God, he said, how well? He, he showed her the Word of God, the Bible, and he says, how well do you know my son? This word, this Bible, the instruction manual manual for you, um, this is all about Jesus. Everything in here points to his son and uh, the Father and the Holy Spirit. So what do you think? I, I tested a whole bunch of intros on Lonnie yesterday. <laughs> One of them, I'll just give it to you. I, he was just like, he was all serious. I'm like, I've got two or three intros here. Tell me which one to use. You'll get this. You, you'll get this, Steve. You know what I'm talking about. So I said, what do you think about this one? Okay. Uh, just wanted, I, uh, the first announcement I want to make today is that we have overbooked. The church is overbooked. And four of you will have to leave immediately. No excuses. Come on. Did you see that on YouTube about the guy that was dragged off the United plane? And Lonnie was like, he's like, 
trying to get it, you know, and I was just cracking up, so he thought it was funny, so I had to use that one. But, uh, no, I won't use them all, but come on, we got to laugh today. we got to have the joy of the Lord, because she just danced that drop. He is our strength. If we can't laugh, even in the midst of trouble, you know, what do we got left? We'll be a bunch of weakly, wimply Christians. We've got to have our strength back and have that joy of the Lord. Um, what do you think was the first words uh, would have been coming out of Jesus' mouth when he came out of the tomb Sunday morning? What do you think? How about, where is everybody? Where is everybody? He told him he was going to raise again on the third day, didn't he? He's going to rise again. He kept telling them over and over. You know, they talked about it. When they were so sad, he had to have repeated that story. I would have been comforting them while I was washing their feet. Don't worry about it. I'm going to rise again. I'm going to rise again. But guess what? Nobody was there to welcome him. In fact, he scared the heck out of those soldiers and the temple guard that was there guarding him, I mean, hey, the ground shook, the stone, the light coming forward, blasting, blinding light coming out of that tomb. They didn't know what was going on. They took off and ran. They ran for their lives. Man. Well, there were three women that came. Who came to the grave? A couple of the Marys and Salome came to the grave, and they came with spices. But they weren't expecting Jesus to be alive. They were, they were not coming to see if he was risen yet. They were coming to, to spice up the body because they'd, they'd seen Joseph take him into the tomb, but they didn't know that, he and Nicodem, that, that Joseph and Nicodemus had the spices and had wrapped them up. You know, they didn't see that part. So they went out buying some more. They weren't coming. The point of it in Mark chapter 16 you guys, in verses 11 and 14, let me get to the right one. I'm in Mark. Mark, chapter 16. Listen to this. Those girls went down to the grave. They went to the tomb. And then Mary comes back. And she headed out to tell everybody that he'd risen. And in verse 11 it says, And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they refused to believe it. They refused to believe it. They refused. Hey, guys, the tomb's empty. He's risen like he said he was going to do. They refused to believe it. And after that, he appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking along their way to the country. And when, and after that, uh, and, and they went away and reported it to all the others, but they did not believe them either. They did not believe them. This is two reports. And afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as, it was as they were reclining at the table, and he approached them, and he reproached them for their unbelief and their hardness of heart. Come on. Because they had not believed those who had seen him after he'd risen. 
and believe the report. So basically they said they would not believe it. They said we do not believe it. And they had not believed. Now, we could pick on them, but come on. Seems to me in this story they're a lot like we are. Come on. How much do we say we believe? They're really not that much different. You see, most didn't come to a vibrant belief in the resurrection. They came to it in stages. They were in shock that he died, and then people are saying it. Even though they, he'd raised Lazarus from the grave, he, he'd raised other people from the day, dead, he'd healed them. He, they saw it, but they were in such turmoil after three days of grieving and shock and everything they'd just been through and watching him die like that, they just couldn't believe it. How many times do you pray for a miracle or something and you go, I just can't believe it, right? We say that, I, ju- I just can't believe it. I can't believe that happened. Like like when I got healed of those blood clots. Like I told people the story. I told them of the experience. But, you know, I could see on their face they just couldn't believe it. So I want to talk today. The belief that Jesus Christ is alive today is one of the most powerful beliefs in the world and the disciples didn't start off believing in the resurrection Sunday either but they got it in stages so when you believe in the risen Christ when you believe it there's there's a big difference uh, in believing it and believing it oh I believe that Till you put the rubber to the pavement and you're walking in it like they did. Oh, yeah, Jesus, I believe that. And then it was, I can't believe it. When we believe in the risen Christ, we have hope which stands in every crisis. When we believe in the risen Christ, we have hope in the midst of every disappointment in life. Every single one. He's our anchor. When we believe in the risen Christ, we have hope that stands against every fear that comes to grab our heart and take us away from faith because fear nullifies faith. They'd been in fear for three days. They still were in fear when they got the news. Fear nullifies faith. If you're in fear, you can't have faith. It almost nullifies what you believe. It nullifies what you think. It, it, it makes you weak. You got nothing. It's paralyzing. So there is a bit. When, when I say to someone, I believe that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, there's a div, big difference in that being some idea in my mind or something I read, to a conviction in your heart that lives in here, that lives in here. We sang songs about Yahweh. He's inside of us when we've asked him to come into our lives. He lives in us. And 
if we don't believe in the resurrection, then what are we here for? We, we of all people, are the most to be pitied, like we're a bunch of fools. If we're sitting in here today and saying, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer, and we don't believe in it, then, you know, we've got nothing. Resurrection, is it fact or is it fable? You know, there's a lot of fake news out there. You can get online today. You can Google in, did Jesus really rise from the dead? And you're going to find lots of stories about yay, and you're going to find lots of stories that are telling, no, it's a fable. They made it up. Some writers have said that the Christians just took old myths, you know, some of the Egyptian stories, and added and put their God to it and made up the story. But what you read, if you read something negative, then you better research it. Because I did. I found that story about the god Horus. They said he was born on the 25th of December. And we know, most of us, that he really wasn't even born that day. But, you know, they tried to make up the whole story, that his mother's name was Mary, it was an Egyptian god, that she was a virgin, and that we stole that story. That story is on the Internet. You can read it today. And it would really make you wonder. And it would really make you like, whoa, that was a story going around 2,000 years before he was born? But when I researched the facts and I got and dug out about the God of Horus, none of that, they did have a God named Horus, but none of the rest of the story was even true. So what you see on the Internet, you better research if it's come to shake your faith because half of it is a bunch of lies, okay? There's a movie coming out. I want to tell you about it. I'm really excited. It's out already. I hope it comes to the Upper Valley. Otherwise, I'm going to have to drive two hours to go see it. I want to see it on the big screen. There is a book written, and it's called A Case for Christ. And I want you to go see it. It's the story. He wrote the book. He was a journalist, a journalist. Uh, 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 an investigative journalist for a big uh, newspaper. Oh, I want to say Chicago, but it was a big city. It was a big city newspaper. I'm not sure that it was Chicago. But he got married. They weren't believers. They didn't believe in anything except life and love and making it to the top of the success totem pole. And his wife got a friend who was a Christian, And she, I'm not telling you, I mean, this is just, this is in the trailer of the movie. It's not a trailer alert or a spoiler alert here. But he married, and she went to the Bible study at her friend's house, and she kept doing the Bible study. This is why it's so important for you to have a Bible study for a friend that isn't a believer. And all of a sudden, she goes to church, and she gets saved. And she comes home and she tells her investigative, he wouldn't say they were atheists. It was just like, we really don't believe in that. You know, they weren't like militant atheists or anything. But she says, I got born again today. I'm a Christian. And he was like, oh, that's nice. But then she started going to church. And then he was like, "Uh, okay, I got other stuff to do. I understand I'm on the road a lot doing my reporting. 
But it was starting to interfere, and he was like, you know, if we have kids down the road, what are we going to do? She's going to be wanting to take them to church. I need to deal with this right away. And so he started and used all his tools of investigative reporting to go and investigate about Jesus Christ and prove it to be wrong. Prove that he did, he lived, but he certainly wasn't the son of God. And when it came to the resurrection, there was no way that he rose from the dead. Problem is, when he searched the wide world, he found out this wasn't fake news. He searched all the stories, and he found out it was good news. And he became a prominent believer, and he wrote that book. And that book is a movie that's out right now, so you can see it. A Case for Christ. Be sure and watch it. Buy copies and give them to your friends. Okay, so whenever we're defeated by either disappointment or fear, we've lost our belief in the resurrection. Really, you have. I had to wrap my head around that just like you are right now. When you get under it and you get down or you get discouraged or you get depressed, that reality that we're experiencing today isn't shining brightly in your life. You've kind of lost it. You've gotten sidetracked. So, unconvincing fables. In Matthew 27, in Matthew 27, I just want to read you some word, give you the word of God here today, 63 through 66. And um, this was um, the, the Pharisees coming to Pilate to tell him that they were worried that Jesus had said he would raise in three days. And they went before Pilate and said, Sir, we remember that when he was still alive, that deceiver said, After three days I am to rise again. Therefore give orders for the grave to be made secure until the third day, lest the disciples come and steal him away and say to the people, He has risen from the dead. And the last deception will be even worse than the first. So Pilate said, look, you have a guard. Go make it as secure as you know how. And so they sent, they went, and they made the grave secure. And along with the guard, they set a seal. They sealed the stone. They put a wax seal on it with ropes around it. So if anybody tried to open that thing, that seal would have been broken. Okay, how many of you heard the fake news? that the Christ, he didn't rise, that the Christians came and stole his body. That fake news still roams the earth today. Fake news. Then we have in Matthew 28, um, verse 12 through 13. And when they had assembled with the elders and counseled together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers. This is when the soldiers that were guarding the tomb when the thing exploded with the power of resurrection, dunamis power, and that seal was ripped off, and that stone rolled away, and the angel came and sat on top of the stone, and Jesus got up and out, and off came the grave clothes, and he walks out 
in this glorious, bright blast of, blast of light that was brighter than the sun. You can't go out there and look at it, but just like, boom. And they left terrified and ran. They ran to the temple to tell the priests and the Pharisees. And now this was the Pharisees' plan. And when they had assembled with the elders and counseled together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers. And they said, this is what you're to say. His disciples came by night and stole him away while we were asleep. And if this should come to the governor's ears, meaning Pilate, we will win him over and keep you out of trouble. And the soldiers took the money and did as they had been instructed. And this story was widely spread among the Jews and even was to this day, the day they were writing that. And today, it's another story of fake news. Uh, Politics, Republicans, and Democrats didn't invent fake news, okay? It's been around for a long time. The other thing is in uh, 1 Corinthians 16. Uh, Brother uh, Sean Wilder mentioned it here today. Let me find it. Let me find it. Here we are. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 6. This is after Jesus, that whole chapter, by the way, if you want to read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, it's all about the resurrection. It's Paul talking again about what happened. But in verse 6, uh, six he said, uh, and he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared to, Chi- to Cephas and then to the 12 disciples. And after that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren. He appeared to more than 500 brethren, not just the disciples, not just to Cephas, not just the people he knew. 500 brethren at one time, not individually. They were all gathered there, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. So when Paul wrote that, many of them were still alive. A few had died of the witnesses, 500. To that, the fake news is that they were all hallucinating. They all had a hallucination, a giant 500 people hallucination. Have you ever heard of anybody having 500 people having a hallucination at the same time? I've never heard of it. More fake news. Fake news. And then, of course, the others, uh, one of the other stories is that it really wasn't a literal resurrection, that it was a spiritual resurrection. Some people just can't lay their heads around that Jesus Christ, the power from on high, was released into every molecule, every cell of his body, and it was transformed It was transformed. It was glorified. It was flesh that would never die again. That's what really happened. But some say it was just a spiritual resurrection and his spirit went to heaven and came back. And he appeared like in spirit. 
to them. Fake news. It was the real deal. And he got a glorified body, and he came back. And in fact, he went down to Galilee. He told Mary after the rest of them was saying, oh, we don't believe it, we don't believe it. He says, tell him to go down to Galilee. I'm going to meet him down there. And he met him down there. You see, some of those guys were fishermen. They hadn't been fishing in a while. They went down to Galilee. They didn't have anything. They'd been on the run. They didn't have any money, so they decided, well, let's go fishing because we're hungry. They went out all night. You see, they fish in Israel. They fish at night because it's too darn hot in the day, and the fish don't come up. The fish come up to eat at night because it's cooler. It's desert. Hey, we're going to Israel. You want to go with us? We're going in November. Get over there and see that table and take a tour book. Yeah, many of you are signed up. I'm excited. Jesus, they looked up, the sun came up, and they didn't have one fish, and now they're starving. Think about it. They'd walk down there. They didn't have any food, and they're really hungry. And they see this guy. They see somebody out on the shore. And guess what? It's Jesus. And he told them, hey, got any fish? And they go, no. And he said, cast the net over that side. They pointed to the side. Cast that net over there. And they were like, whatever. It's day. They're not going to be biting. If they weren't biting last night, they're not going to be biting during the daytime. And then cast that net over there, and up came a net that almost tipped the boat over. There was only over 100, there was 153 fish in the net. They were huge fish. And then Peter was like, whoa. He goes like this, and he's checking it out, and he's like, oh, my gosh, it's Jesus. He's got a coal fire going on. He's cooking breakfast for us. And he jumped. He got so excited, he jumped. He put his clothes on, back on, because they take their outer garments off so they don't get them all smelly. He put his clothes on, and the next thing the Bible tells us is he jumped in the water. He didn't wait for the boat to get up there. He started swimming for shore in his clothes all the way up there. And Jesus had breakfast with him. That wasn't a hallucination. He was in his glorified body. It's not some spirit. It's solid. He showed him the nail marks in his hands, in his wrists. He ate with them. He can eat real food in a glorified body. It's the same kind of body you're going to get when you die and you get a resurrected and you get a glorified body. And then when Jesus comes, if you're not dead, did you know that you don't have to go to the grave to get one? It will be instantaneous. And you'll get one of those bodies. Awesome. Fable or fact? What do you want to believe? The undeniable fact is in Luke 24, 2. It says the stone was rolled away. If you're taking notes in Luke 22, 3, it says the tomb was empty. If you're taking notes in Matthew 16, 18, it says the church was formed. Before he went, he told Peter, he said, Peter, who do you say that I am? Who do you say I am? I've heard a lot of people out there all around in the countryside that come up. They, they think I might be the prophet. Some people were calling him a prophet. Some people were calling him a man of God. Some people were calling him crazy, but 
Peter, who do you say that I am? And he looked at Jesus right in the eye, Sean. He looked at him and he said, You are Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. That's who I say you are. And Jesus looked right back at him. And he said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, Peter. Nobody revealed this to you. No person revealed this. This revelation came straight from my Father. And he said, on that revelation, on this rock of revelation, he didn't say revelation, but he meant on that rock. Because when you get a revelation from the Father, When you get a revelation that Jesus Christ is risen, it's like solid rock. He said, on this rock, I will build my church. He is the son of the living God. He is the Messiah that still some people are waiting for, and they've missed it. He is the living God. He is the risen Christ. He is everything. He's the biggest thing there is in the universe. Talk about the blood of Jesus. What a commodity. There was only a few quarts of the blood of Jesus Christ in the entire universe. And yet we talk about the power of that blood. And it lives on today. He had to shed it for us. We couldn't have gotten saved any other way. He paid the debt for our sins for all eternity. He paid the price. All you have to do is believe in him. That's it. That's it. Now, not believe like we said early, oh, I believe it. No, convicted in your heart that he is the risen Christ. Undeniable facts. There were eyewitness accounts. There's four books in this Bible, the Gospels. Every bit that's written in those four books are four witnesses that tell you everything they saw and they did and th- with him and things that happened. Come on. Even after he ascended, Paul tells us he appeared to him. I've... I am a witness. Kathy Janice is a witness to Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. Because I can tell you, I have seen him. I have seen him with these eyes. He is still appearing. He said that to those who love me, I will continue to manifest myself clearly and plainly to them. It doesn't happen that often. Paul had it happen. He appeared to him. He appeared to me. Now, some people in this room are like, I don't believe it. I can't believe it. I won't believe it. But it no less makes it a fact. And the proof of it was divine healing. 
healing from brain cancer, inoperable brain cancer, sent me home to die, I was healed. How about 40 acute pulmonary embolism, 40 blood clots in my chest not too long ago? He appeared to me and he healed me. I, too, am a witness. And I'm going to have to write about it. I'm going to have to write about my witness. Some of you have had these experiences with Jesus Christ. Some of you will have them. Some of you can have them. Last night we watched the movie, Heaven is for Real. It's been out a while. I I recommend a refresher course. There was a lot of people who couldn't believe for one reason or another. That little boy's testimony, four years old. He saw Jesus. And it was real. He wrote a book. They made a movie. Eyewitness accounts. And there's another witness, and for every one of us in this room, just about, it's the witness that he lives in my heart. Does he live in your heart? He lives in my heart. He lives there. He's the rock of my salvation. So, this question, is the resurrection of Jesus fact or fable? I'm closing. Ah, that question has to be answered by every man, woman, adult, child, rich, poor, and your answer to that question will determine how you live your life. That answer to that question will determine what happens when you come to the end of your life and where you go to spend eternity. Amen? Because just as there is a heaven, and that little boy in that movie, Heaven is for Real, told his story about it, and I could tell you mine, I won't, but I have sitting here Mama Betty Green. In her testimony, she has seen hell. She's literally seen the volcano fiery hell. There are two places to go. And when she saw it, she didn't want to go there. And she cried out for Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And he reached down with his hand, and he saved her and brought her back. Come on. I don't want you leaving here. I don't know what could happen. We only have today. We don't know what could happen right out here. There are some people that are going to die today. Today is their day. But anybody within the sound of my voice, I want you to have had an opportunity to think about this and make a decision. If you're not sure, then you get in and find out because your answer to this question means everything to you. It means eternity to you and your destiny. 1 Corinthians 15:14 If Christ has not been raised, <clears throat> our preaching is useless, and so is our faith. 15 and 20 But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Amen. So, it determines 
how our life ends. So I want to say this. The resurrection is not fake news. There is an afterlife. Come on. Come on. I want to read the last scripture, and then we'll be done in two minutes. 1 Peter 1, verse 16. This is Peter talking. This is the guy that Jesus said, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the Son of the living God. This is Peter sending a letter and telling the people this. He said, For we did not follow cleverly devised tales when we made known to you the power and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Eyewitnesses of his majesty. And you can have that today. You know, some of you might have been experiencing discouragement. Some of you might have been experiencing doubt. You might have something that's going on in your life that has created a lot of fear and a lot of doubt. Some of you may have gone through the death of a loved one, but this is what I want to say. When Mary and the two Marys and Salome went down there and the brethren came back, Jesus rolls the stone away of every discouragement. When that stone got rolled back, he rolled the stone away of every doubt in your life, if you lay hold of him. He rolled the stone away of every defeat, every defeat. Look, it looked like he'd been defeated when they killed him on the cross, didn't it? But it was the greatest power play in the world. That defeat was everything to you. Everything that looked like defeat was your salvation, deliverance, a chance at a new life, everything. He took it for you. He did it for you because he loved you so much. And when that stole was rolled away, it stopped the power of death over every one of our lives. We will go on. We will live together in eternity. We will live together in heaven. We will live together in the earth. When you, I mean, the universe is a big place, guys. This is forever. We don't know what else God has got out there. We don't. We don't. And this is the beginning. We're talking about a world without end, time without end. We can't even grasp that. Yet we believe that because um, uh, Einstein gave us a good theory about that, didn't he? How is it we can believe scientists over God himself after he demonstrated his great love? So I want to say, nothing is impossible with God. Absolutely. If we believe in the risen Christ and that power, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. So whatever's going on, if you need prayer today, we'll pray with you. We will pray for you. I just pray over all those things that are in your life. God, release them and show this powerful, dunamis power where nothing is impossible. Belief, faith, trust in God.
you've got to trust him. You've got to trust him in order to execute your faith. Trust him with your lives today. Let him love on you. Go forth rejoicing. That's the word. He is risen. Fake news or good news? And I wanted to share the good news with you today again and remind us of what the word of God says. We love you all. We bless you all. I hope you just have a powerful resurrection in everything you do today. Enjoy all that food. We bless it now in Jesus' name. I, wanted, I just feel like I want to pray over divine health over people. So let's stand. Let's stand. You know, at the cross, Jesus didn't just die for our salvation. The Word of God says that by his stripes we are healed. And that was at the cross. Just think, every one of those nails driven into his body. And those weren't just little nails. Those were like spikes. They were huge. We just shudder when we think about it. And he took that. He took every suffering for your body. The cross is for salvation, divine health, and that you would prosper, that you would experience prosperity, that he would bless you. And so I want to pray over you right now. If any of you are experiencing any health issues, any problems, Father, we declare We declare divine health over them right now. And we rebuke anything that is acting or operating or manifesting opposite your word. And so we receive the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus this morning. And we say that as we partook of communion, it comes. And Father, let the power of the dunamis power come from that which we partook of, Jesus. We did it in remembrance of you. You said if we didn't eat your body, drink your blood and eat your flesh, Lord, we wouldn't have part with you. But we've done that today, God. And I ask for divine health in everybody, exponential healing, restoration, freedom. I'm hearing that there's going to be a turnaround in somebody's life. You're going to have a turnaround in your body. There's going to be a turnaround in whatever's been coming against you and you've been battling in your body. There's going to be a turnaround. It's going to be a comeback. And God's going to oversee that. And so we bless that now. We bless that. We bless you. Whoever those people are, whoever that is, in Jesus' name. We just be sealed in his promise now, in Jesus' name. So go with God. Are there any announcements we need to make? Yeah, or just give her a call. You know, sometimes it gets lonely up in those hospital rooms, especially on Easter Sunday. So be sure and give Mama Betty a hug. She leaves on Tuesday, but she'll be back. Pray for her continued healing. Her surgeries went well. I mean, my goodness, it was unbelievable. It was awesome.